Hi folks, welcome to my channel. Today the topic is higher credit costs will cause trouble. It is only a matter of time. Those who have been predicting a recession in the US and an associated stock market crash seem to have a hard time. At least it appears so. US GDP grew by 2% in Q2 2023 after 2.4% in Q1. The unemployment rate was rather low at 3.6% in June 2023 and the S&P 500 was at 4,568 points, just below the index record of 4,816 points from January 2022. And yet there are many variables that yield a point to the profits of doom. For instance, the period of high inflation has reduced people's and businesses' real incomes lowering the demand for goods and services. The increase in credit costs, which began in early 2022 with the Fed hiking interest rates, should at least slow down consumption and investment and lead to more loan defaults. In addition, the US yield curve is severely inverted, signaling an imminent recession. Not to be forgotten is the downward pressure on asset prices, real estate in particular, caused by the rise in yields. This puts pressure on banks and makes them more cautious about taking on additional credit risk. The supply of loanable funds to consumers and businesses is drying up and becoming more expensive compared to the cheap and plentiful credit supply in the last decade. And when bank credit growth slows down, the growth of the money stock slows down as well. The latest data for the US, for instance, shows that bank lending growth has declined considerably, contracting 0.2% year-on-year in July, down from 10.1% year-on-year growth in August 2022. This in turn impacts the money stock M2, which fell by 3.5% year-on-year in July. It should be noted that in addition to bank lending, other factors were also at work here, such as interest rate reduced shifts from bank deposits included in M2 to those not included in M2, which contributed to the reduction in the US commercial bank money stock. While all this is undoubtedly the case, the time factor also must be considered in this context. Put simply, it takes time for higher credit costs and capital costs to impact the broader economy. In fact, the economic and financial effects of increased credit costs will materialize gradually over time, in small increments, so to speak. Borrowers typically have a debt maturity profile. This means that not all of the total debt will be due at the same time, but matures are spread out over the years. So only a part of a firm's loan portfolio will have to be refinanced at higher interest rates in 2023. Over time, however, credit costs rise as a growing portion of the outstanding debt must be refinanced at higher interest rates. And in the course of this development, the trouble begins and things start to get messy. Higher interest rate costs reduce firms' profits 
while increased interest rates curb the demand for their goods and services. These are the typical conditions under which the economy slows down or even contracts. Of course, the government may, in such a scenario, increase its deficit and try to fend off a recession by boosting overall demand. This, however, is a risky undertaking when government debt is already very high and borrowing costs are elevated. Investors should all too easily question the effectiveness of an increased deficit spending program and become concerned about the government's creditworthiness with potentially disastrous consequences. Even though it appears to have been premature for the doomsayers to predict a recession and a stock market crash, it may have become clear that all is not going well. Perhaps most important in this context is the issue of valuation levels. Clearly, the rise in interest rates in the last 18 months or so has already significantly impacted many asset markets. Just think of the real estate sector. However, the asset price revaluation phase may not have reached its, its final stage. For example, US stock prices show a rather pronounced disconnect from the bond market. This in turn suggests that stock prices are either headed for a strong downward correction, granted bond prices remain at current levels or continue to fall, or that bond prices will correct upwards to support higher stock prices, or a combination of both, that is slightly lower stock prices accompanied by slightly higher bond prices. Undoubtedly, the key questions are, will interest rates remain at elevated levels or will they continue to rise? Or will interest rates return to the downward trend they have been on since the early 1980s until around 2022? Answering these questions amounts to making a truly big call. Undoubtedly, quite a few considerations must be made that allow both higher and lower interest rates to be predicted going forward. Either way, the answer to these questions will most likely be compatible with making a case for holding at least some physical gold and silver. This is because higher interest rates are likely to result in a rather large-scale credit event, while further declining yields should signal the expected return to inflationary monetary policy. An attempt to booth, boost asset prices, devalue the currency and overcome the recession, whatever it takes. Having said that, holding at least some physical gold and silver in one's portfolio is one way for investors to weather the storm that hasn't reared its ugly head yet. But it is coming. Thank you very much for your attention. If you enjoyed the video, please like it and share it. Ring the bell and please follow my channel.